0: Many minds are convinced they should be let. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn duet. Taking your right to self-defense, they say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. always asking for more. all we buy is made on foreign shores come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be free the way God made men and I won't be ruled by the damn Damn
1: you, when. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course but with special emphasis because it is getting ever so much closer to Christmas. Every single day we get a little bit closer and I hope you guys are having a fantastic holiday season. I hope that Thanksgiving kicked it off for you. Uh, in fact, you know what? I hope some of you guys, especially if you're younger parents, uh, started the, the full holiday season back for Halloween and got to enjoy uh, the the fun of dressing up and all that wonderful stuff and that we moved right on into Thanksgiving and uh, spent some quality time with family again. And now we move on to Christmas and and. Even if you're someone who doesn't necessarily celebrate Christmas, uh, say you may be among our Jewish friends out there, and uh, you're currently observing Hanukkah, well, I still hope that the the festive season is treating you well, as much as possible. I hope you're really enjoying it out there. Now, we got a lot of stuff to try to get to. Uh, we'll see how far I get, because as you guys know, uh, if I get a little long it on a subject, then sometimes that keeps me from getting where I need to go. Now, I am, of course your ever-so-humble host, Tim Tap, and yeah, I'm mostly peaceful, and I'm really trying to get into the spirit of the holiday, but there's just so much going on, so much going on. Sheesh. In fact, we got some breaking news time of the broadcast, uh, and uh, we are uh, doing this show on December 19th of 2023. Uh, so a lot of you guys will be uh, hearing this, a day or so later, especially if you're listening to the rebroadcast over on the WCETFM in Columbia, South Carolina, or over on The Last Frequency, or any other part of the Vera Networks. Uh We've got breaking news going on, and we'll start with that. But before we get started, I do need to once again remind you about the fact that if you need to get just a little bit more prepared, or... Here in the gift-giving season, if you know somebody who maybe could be a little better prepared, you know, and when things go a little sideways, whether you're talking about natural disasters or just really bad storms that maybe don't make it to the disaster level for communities, but maybe are a disaster for individuals, a tree comes down and, and knocks their power out, a tree comes down and causes damage to property, whatever that may be. If you know somebody that really could use some of the preparedness items that they can use now, or you could use now, but could literally save your life later, then you really need to go visit our friends over at 4Patriots. Now, again, they have set aside and built a page just for listeners of the show. That's 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. That starts you out with the deals of the week, which is a really good place to start, particularly if you might be looking uh, for gift-giving ideas. Now, you can continue from that page to shop the entirety of the website. Everything that is there, it's super cool. And whether you're looking for backup emergency power uh, through solar powered generators, now, they're not reliant on solar power except to recharge and you have different ways to recharge so you don't have to rely on the sun all the time but if your power is down for a long time and and the power of the sun is all you've got available to do that these generators will keep you covered Uh, and if you rely on medical devices to help you get through the night if you have bad sleep apnea for example uh, some other uh issue then this generator will really come in not just handy but it will come into you as a life-saving event and you know maybe you're just concerned about your ability to get out and go get some food the freaking best-selling survival food kits they've got available rated the last 25 years good luck keeping it even two weeks if you got People sneaking into the packs like I do here. I still can't get my youngest daughter out of it. It's like, I'm going to have to make her move out to start building up my emergency food supply. It's like, that's it. I love you, but bye-bye now. Or start buying your own, one or the other. Anyway, uh, just go see for yourself. There's uh, a little bit of time left to order in time for Christmas, if that's what you're looking at, at least at the time of this broadcast. But you know what? Preparedness is a gift you can literally look to give year-round. And uh, probably not a bad idea to give to yourself if you haven't been doing it. So one more time, that's the number four. Make sure you put the number four in. 4 backslash T-A-P-P. That lets them know I sent you, and it starts you out on that special page just for listeners of the show. All right, let's get into the action. The breaking news that I teased just a few minutes ago. The great state of Colorado has decided in its infinite wisdom that uh, they don't like the way the current uh, ballot for the Republican nomination is looking. So the Colorado Supreme Court has now officially overturned a lower court's ruling and said that former President Donald John Trump, uh, the Donald Trump, Uh, The orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, yeah, that guy, they've disqualified him. They will not allow Donald Trump to appear on the state's ballots. And it's all because of his incitement of insurrection. (laughs) Yeah, you guessed it. Now, the lower courts, and there have been a few other states that have done a similar thing. Lower courts have said, you know what, we'll let the Republicans nominate him. We'll let the Republicans choose him. uh, But we will revisit the same uh, case when we get to the general election. So there's several lefty states that are thinking that they're perfectly content with the Republican Party nominating Donald John Trump again, especially since there's about half of these folks that still have it in their head that this is the easiest guy to beat. Uh, Part of that, I think, still comes from the fact that they genuinely believe, because they can't allow their minds to wrap around how twisted and how unlikely a legitimate election would have allowed Joe Biden to beat Trump. Now, of course, you know we we can't say it was stolen, or else now we're in tinfoil foil hat territory, and uh, we're being unreasonable, and we have to be banned from all of the social media. So we 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 certainly can't do that. And, you know, we're we're permitting insurrection ourselves if we say that this election was stolen, even though I think it is completely and entirely legitimate to point out that there were multiple states that violated their state constitution to make accommodations for voting under COVID conditions. There were several states, swing states in particular, that allowed so many mail-in ballots that there's not even a legitimate accounting for the number of votes counted compared to the legitimate and legal number of voters registered in districts. All of that, that's just me with crazy, wild, unsubstantiated claims, if you ask them. Even though the claims are very substantiated. I certainly can't talk about the efforts to manipulate the election based on shutting down the Hunter Laptop story across all social media. Now, that really wasn't about, it. had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Tim, even though now we know it ought to be true, even though now we know that they knew it was all true, uh, talking about the FBI and those uh, intelligence professionals, uh, courage informers who all signed off on the letter, Never mind all that. That's still just me spouting off conspiracy theories. Oh, goodness gracious. Except for the fact, at some point, these conspiracies stop being theories and start just being conspiracies. Conspiracies carried out against the American people. But still, we're not allowed to say it. We're supposed to now just sit here and just say, oh, yes, Joe Biden legitimately... Beat Donald Trump in the presidential election. Therefore, therefore, Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee uh, from the previous effort, the man who currently has been installed into the world's most expensive nursing home uh, currently located at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, that guy, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is the only guy who has a chance of beating Donald Trump because of how radicalized the MAGA Republicans have become. You know, not all Republicans, just the MAGA Republicans. They're traitors. They're dangerous. To the point that we have Democrats standing in the House of Representatives spouting off uh, to reporters talking about how it feels like even though they knew they took an oath to defend the Constitution, to defend the country, and defend democracy against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. But now it feels like the only people they're fighting are the domestic enemies. Yeah, they're talking about you. And they're talking about me, too, by the way. So, I mean, we're in this one together. But, but you are the guys they're talking about. You are the domestic enemies that the Democrats are talking about when they start spouting this level of rhetoric. And and yet they still pretend like they're the party of unity. They're the party of togetherness. They're the party of inclusivity, as long as you're not white or Christian or, you know, anything that doesn't agree with them completely, 100% down the line, in all their philosophies and whatever the current agenda, whatever the current thing of the day happens to be that they're pushing. Uh, last month it was same-sex weddings. Uh, this month it's, uh, transgender children being allowed to mutilate their bodies at age six. You know, but whatever tomorrow's thing is, Hunter Biden's really a role model for Americans. I, who knows what's next? Doesn't matter. This is the circumstance, and they're perfectly happy with letting us MAGA Republicans select Donald John Trump as our nominee, and then they were going to revisit it. But Colorado, now they've decided, no, we can't let that stand. We can't say that it's even okay for the primary ballots. They just can't do it. Now, the court allowed time for the former president to file an appeal by staying the effect of its ruling until January 4th. So, oh my, I just said time of the live broadcast happens to be December 19th. He's got until January 4th to try to appeal the ruling. Objections to Trump's presidential campaign are, of course, based on a provision found in the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution that says anyone who, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion after making an oath of office would be barred from serving as president. Now, we've talked about this. The the very minute that this started being Bound, ballotied about. You know, it's been pantied about, and everybody's all like, oh, okay, look, at, we found it right here on the Constitution. Did you find it in the Constitution? Or did you find it in the Reconstructionist era amendments? Well, those
2: amendments are part of the Constitution. too.
1: Yeah, but again, pretty much everything after the first ten is for debate as to whether or not they're even necessary. But it doesn't change the fact that these are some of the same amendments that the left in particular keeps trying to use. Keeps trying to 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 find little bits of, of phrasing and shave off and change the meanings and pretend like that this wasn't written specifically for the purpose to address those who engaged in open rebellion against the United States as a member of the Confederate States of America. You know, the War of Northern Aggression, as we like to call it in these parts, the war that's often referred to as the American Civil War, although technically, by the strictest of definitions, it wasn't really a civil war. I Again, it doesn't really matter... Uh, it's semantics. Uh, For the purposes of this debate, uh, this conversation, it's not that big of a uh, it's not that big of a point. It's just I hate when the left keeps trying to manipulate and change the language. Uh, We all commonly refer to it as the Civil War, so we know what we're talking about. But in truth, a Civil War means that you have two different uh, factions that are fighting to gain control over the same territory, the same uh, area, whereas in the Civil War, Uh, the southern states were simply fighting to become independent. They wanted to secede. They wanted to, they wanted to maintain full control of the states that they were already in control of. They just said, we don't want to be part of your group anymore because your group up there in the north keeps trying to tell us what to do and you won't even allow us to be represented fairly. Now there were a lot of other factors in play, of course, but that was the actual legitimate political argument that uh, the Southern states had. Uh, There were a lot of lesser arguments uh, that were probably more at the forefront. Uh, Lots and lots of people uh, continue to insist that slavery was a primary topic, uh, that uh, the South uh, went to war to preserve slavery. And again, if you're in the North, and you're looking at the fact that uh, the leadership of the Confederacy made certain that they would indeed preserve slavery in uh, those states, you point to that as your evidence that that was one of the primary uh, purposes. But in truth, that was just a, a political, uh, what's the good way? just an incentive to keep the rich folks Uh, that were paying for the war to continue to support the southern states. It was uh, an olive branch. It was uh, an incentive. A terrible one, too. I I don't mean to diminish what it actually represents, but as far as the folks that were putting together the South, the people that actually fought against the North, they weren't fighting for slavery. Most of them fell into the category of the freaking poor white, Trash, you know, the people that were treated less than the slaves were. And it's, it gets touchy and emotional. And people, if you're not actually familiar with the reality that existed here in the southern states at the time, then you're likely to be angry that I would even say such a thing. But historically, it's, it's accurate. Okay. It's not taught by a lot of folks. You're not going to know it if you're not from around here. And again, it's not soft it and it doesn't change anything. Slavery was horrific. It should have never been practiced. Uh, it was a leftover from a time begun. And it's a darkness that festers in humanity that still goes on to this day in other parts of the world. So we can have that separate conversation at another time. We need to get back to this topic. Donald Trump's attorneys have argued that he did not participate in inciting an insurrection and also that the provision did not apply to their client. Now that part, actually you can make a strong case for all of it. He didn't participate in an insurrection. He didn't participate in inciting an insurrection. You look at Donald Trump's speech on the day that this occurred and you hear him say, now march to the capital and peacefully protest, be hurt, patriotically and peacefully protest. Those are not the words of inciting an insurrection. And beyond that, sorry guys, an insurrection actually has to have occurred. There was no insurrection. Every attempt to paint the riot, and I will say there was some riotous behavior. I will also very quickly point out that nowhere's near as bad as the mainstream legacy media or the Democrats want to paint it as being. There were some ruckus areas, there were some riotous behavior, but then most of the people that were wandering about inside the Capitol uh, during part of what they were still referring to as the insurrection, uh, half of them were being guided around by the the police, and. I'm seriously uh, confused Uh, how many insurrections have had tour guides. Sorry, it's a meme I'm seeing going around, but it really makes a a very good point. I give full credit where credit's due. I I don't know who came up with that meme, but it's a great meme. It's got Mark Wahlberg uh, coming. uh, Looks like a scene out of uh, The Happening. (laughs) and It's like, I'm confused. How many insurrections have had tour guides? And that is the thing that happened there. There was no insurrection. And if it was meant to be one, this was literally the world's worst attempt at insurrecting. I mean, we have people that are being accused of having orchestrated, maneuvered, and planned. Where's all the planning where you actually had weapons? Where's all the planning where you actually were going to take control and seize the building and and hold the building and and force military action to remove them? And sorry, you're you're not going to find it. Why was it that the only people that died as a direct result from this were people who were shot by the Capitol Police? Donald Trump's attorneys are 100% accurate when they say that he did not participate, that he did not incite an insurrection. And they're also right in the argument that it doesn't apply to their client because The 14th Amendment applies specifically to people that engaged in the American Civil War. Now, we all hear some people say, that's just not accurate, Tim. Yes, it is. You don't have to be some massive legal scholar to know what was being written at the time. And I'm sorry, they keep trying to make the general public more and more legally illiterate, uh, more and more illiterate, period, so that then eventually you'll stop challenging these people that are simply trying to garner more control over you. How many people do you know, dear listener? And I know the average listener to this show, uh, you guys are some of the smartest people out there. I may not have the largest audience, but I certainly have one of the smartest. There's no doubt about that. You guys understand, you know, You've got a firm grasp on general principles of law, and you certainly know the Constitution. A lot of you know the Constitution better than I do. But how many times have you heard somebody misquote the Constitution, and then so many people just fall in line, oh, well, yeah, they sound like they know what they're talking about. They sound very confident in what they're saying. Yeah, the liars are always confident, the good liars anyway, because they know that confidence is part of how they sell the lie. Separation of church and state. That's a lie. It doesn't exist in the Constitution. It's not there. Nowhere does it say the government cannot participate in any perceived religious activities. It simply says you can't establish one set religion. That's it. That's not separation. Anyway, let, let me reel it back in. I see I I had a feeling I was gonna do this today. Okay. So Stephen Chung, spokesperson for the Trump campaign, released a statement criticizing the ruling. Quote, the Colorado Supreme Court issued a completely flawed decision tonight, and we will swiftly file an appeal to the United States Supreme Court and a concurrent request for a stay of this deeply undemocratic decision we have full confidence that the U.S. Supreme Court will quickly rule in our favor and finally put an end to these un-American lawsuits. Now, I can hope that that's the case. I certainly am rooting for that to be true. But I, I think you and I, we all know, guys, we can't expect anything to be clean cut. And given the fact that the current makeup of the Supreme Court certainly leans more to the conservative than it ever has. It doesn't seem like they have the courage of conviction and of holding true to conservative values and originalist ideology. In fact, as long as Kennedy is the uh, chief justice, we can see him trying to duck, dodge, and avoid a case like this. He doesn't want to damage the reputation of the court, doesn't want to cause harm to the perceived trust in the court. And yet, that's exactly what he does by not standing up and doing what the court is supposed to do. But I digress. Just as a quick reminder, back in November, Colorado District Court Judge Sarah Wallace ruled against the effort to ban him from ballots, despite finding that he had indeed engaged in insurrection. So Sarah Wallace understood that the left and her other fellow travelers, uh, the other uh, leftist activists in robes, they were firm believers that not only did an actual insurrection occur, but that, Donald John Trump, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, that guy was behind the whole thing, and they were going to hold him accountable, but she ruled, did Judge Wallace, that the effort to ban him from the ballot, not yet, but as I pointed out, she, like in a lot of other leftist states where they were trying to push this early on, did say that this ruling only applies to the primaries. And that if the same uh, parties wanted to bring this suit again for the general election, they're welcome to do so. And that would create an entirely different uh, situation. And, and in truth, from a strictly legal standpoint, it actually really, really does. Because the primaries are about who's the party going to appoint as their candidate. Nowhere in the Constitution does it specify how a party is allowed to select their candidate. It only says in the 14th Amendment that if you were part of the Confederacy, which somehow now this insurrection is uh, time-traveled and become modern and part of the U.S. Civil War, then you're not allowed to be president, so should you even be allowed on the ballot to be president that's a different legal argument that's what they've been saying all along. But now the Colorado Supreme Court comes along and says, "Hey, you know what? Nah they're trying to pick their guy to become president." Now, all the other judges are saying, uh, well, if you want to be the nominee, uh we shouldn't even allow you to be nominee because you know that means that you're trying to become the president, and if you're ineligible, then you're ineligible. Boot him (laughs) off. Quoting here from Wallace in her 102-page decision, the court finds that petitioners have established that Trump engaged in an insurrection on January 6th of 2021 through incitement. And that the First Amendment does not protect Trump's speech. The court holds there is scant direct evidence regarding whether the presidency of one of the positions subject to disqualification. There is scant direct evidence. Now, to clear that up, they said. There's, we we feel like they proved the case, but really there's not a lot of real proof. So if that feels like a juxtaposition to you, it's because it is. It is a juxtaposition. But that's how the left whistles by the graveyard, right? I mean, when the left comes to a juxtaposition and you ask them about it, they just do everything. And they expect you to just move on. Don't ask the question. Da-da-da-da, we can't hear you. We're not listening. Da-da-da-da. You are just being crazy when you talk, uh, uh, try to use some type of logic to, to poke a hole in what we're saying. You proved, says Judge Wallace, the court finds that the petitioners established that Donald John Trump the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate, Austin, did, in fact, engage in a completely, totally made-up, imagined insurrection because one didn't actually occur. In fact, even calling it a riot is a bit much because there was only so much riotous behavior I mean, what we saw was bad enough. It was ugly. It was terrible. I do not condone it. I don't want to play it off like it's less than, but the left is playing it off like it was way more than specifically for this purpose. And again, we talked about it at the time. Why were they so hot to use the terminology insurrection? Because they knew from the jump their biggest threat If you're a swampy person, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, or a socialist, or a communist, or if you're part of the swamp, the biggest threat to you is Donald John Trump. Not because he himself represents such a big threat, but because he represents the fact that as an outsider, any of us can step up and create that level of change. He proved the one thing that people have been saying for decades to that point, that an outsider simply can't do it. But he did. Now, it took a multimillionaire who is perfectly content with getting down in the mud and And swapping around and getting dirtier and throwing in a few low blows here and there. Doesn't mind name-calling and isn't afraid to call out the other guys when they go and cross the line, even when they're smiling and pretending to have some level of detente. It doesn't matter. He's the guy that stepped up and did it. And he proved that any one of us could do it too. That's what makes him a threat. The swamp can be drained. The swamp creatures can be removed. And the American Republic can be restored. That's what he proved. That's what makes him so dangerous to them. So, yes we have to pretend that this slightly riotous behavior is actually an insurrection. And then we have to pretend that in the speech that he gave, where he said to patriotically and peacefully protest, that that's inciting the riot. Uh, No, no, not the riot, because inciting a riot is criminal, but it's not elevated to constitutional banning from holding the office. No, no, he saying peacefully, patriotically protest is inciting an insurrection and once we pretend all those conditions have been met uh, then we still have to say that eh, there's still kind of scant direct evidence so i'm gonna say no we're not gonna allow you to take it so now you know the colorado supreme court has undone it. i know I've, I've rambled on to a, an extent that's unreasonable but uh Anyway, a, a similar lawsuit failed in Michigan as well, but the litigants there said that they would appeal there as well. It's just uh, it's just crazy. We'll be talking quite a bit about this over the next little bit, I'm quite certain. There's uh, no question and no doubt that we need to have more conversations about this because it's insane. It should not be permitted. It should not be allowed to stand. Uh, something's going to have to give. We got to make sure we fix it. All right. Uh, I've run a little long, of course. So uh, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break while there's still uh, enough time to squeeze one in. Uh, we'll make it a little shorter than usual. Uh, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Boom, 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 boom.
3: Hey, this is Becky Noble.
4: Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth.
5: Santa Baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa Baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight.
6: Department of Justice madman Jack Smith is so focused on getting President Trump locked up, he hopes to get quick help from the United States Supreme Court. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Everest Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. If one is accused of criminal activity in this land of presumed innocence until proven guilty, it seems rather odd or worse that the anxious Jack Smith has gotten the Supreme Court to rule on President Trump's claims of presidential immunity from the unwarranted charges levied against him, including conspiracy to defraud the United States, among other charges. Trump-hater Smith is fighting to maintain the March 4th trial date, that's one day before Super Tuesday, in his, in my opinion, trumped-up case against President Trump. There are some, including yours truly, who wonder if the DOJ is part of the scandal of the missing Secret Service texts, including those of DOJ agent Robert Engel, who alleged that President Trump attacked him and grabbed the steering wheel of the vehicle they were in, allegedly, with a thick bulletproof glass between them. Hmm. If true justice does prevail, this unwarranted tribulation trial shall to pass. I'm Ron Edwards being brought to you by Constitutional Brands, the coffee you want in your cup. All right,
1: so right now, the holiday special is still going on over at Vanish Holster, so here's the deal. If you've been waiting for an opportunity to take advantage of a special deal on the Vanish Holster, you're not going to get a better deal than what's going on. You have a chance to go over there, purchase a discounted uh, price, on that Vanish holster, one of the best holsters that you're going to be able to get. You're going to love it, but you can purchase that discounted rate by going to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P using the backslash T-A-P-P. It does let them know I sent you, but it automatically activates that discount for you. So you've got it there. But now with the special, da-da-boom-ba-da-bing, you now can get a second Vanish holster for half the price of that already discounted price that you paid for the first one. So let get one, uh, let's buy one, get one at half price. It's a great deal. Uh, look, you can get the Vanish holster and it's so comfortable that you Forget you're even wearing it. That's why they call it the banish holster in the first place. This revolutionary holster, it works with 99% of semi-automatic handguns. It lets you carry in multiple positions. It works without a tactical belt. You can keep two fully loaded uh, magazines. They're ready for quick reloads if you need to, and they're concealed as well. And here you are, best part of the whole nine you can get your money back if you don't love it as much as I think you will with their hassle-free money-back guarantee. So you're not going to lose with this deal. It's only a win-win. All you have to do is go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Do it now. Get that order in. Maybe at this point it's going to be tricky, but you still might have a chance to get it before Christmas. www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P.
3: These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really
6: simple to do. constitutional grounds the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother richer healthier and less acetic coffee our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about because you want the best constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup simply go to blue Edge coffee and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the re10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount remember constitutional grounds the coffee you want in your cup
2: when i invented my pillow my passion was to help each and every one of you and 20 years later all of your support is what keeps us going because of you we've been able to create thousands of usa jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever to thank you my employees and i are bringing you a limited edition my pillow the Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two inch pipe gusset. It has four custom moth levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60 day money back guarantee and 10 year warranty.
1: Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code T-A-P-P or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code T-A-P-P.
6: Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only nineteen ninety eight. dollars That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for
2: only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow,
0: America! Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great, and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've gotta be free the way God made man.
7: Damn hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride t-shirt. They say I gotta wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense.
2: Yep, I hear you.
4: I'm Andrew Krabstead, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on RedBalloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabstead. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschetz from RedBalloon.org. Check us out today.
6: Happy Holiday. This is Amy with Amy's
5: Audios, and you're listening to Tim Tap. Happy Holiday. Happy Holiday. Happy Holiday. Happy Holiday. While the merry bells keep ringing, happy holiday to you. Silver and gold, silver and gold, everyone wishes for silver and gold. All right, you know what, you
1: don't have to wish for silver and gold right now. You can get your own. You can get them for from the premier conservative gold company, talking about my friends over at Harvard Gold Group. Look, they're Better Business Bureau approved, five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy, easy to sell. They've got a low price guarantee, and they offer up to $15,000 in free promotional gold and silver with qualified purchase. And all you have to do is call for your free uh, investor guide, And you can do it right now. So whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or you'd rather have gold in hand, just give Harvard Gold Group a call right now at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or you can visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Either way, be sure to mention promo code TAP. That's T-A-P-P. Let them know that you heard about them from here and that will actually qualify you for an additional $250 worth of free gold or silver, Uh, again, with qualifying perks. So, again, extra stuff. What could possibly go wrong? You don't have to wish for silver and gold. You can have silver and gold. Just call our friends over at Harvard Gold Group, again, the premier conservative, Gold company. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about before we uh, slide into the next story, and that is, of course, the fact that uh, with my pillow, you can take advantage. Uh, they're still celebrating their 20th anniversary, of course. They've got uh, some of the historically lowest prices ever, but their Christmas sale is ongoing. And even if you can't get the stuff now before Christmas, you still can order it now and lock in those special sale prices. And I would recommend you go to MyPillow.com backslash T-A-P-P. You go straight to that page and see those special deals and sales items that are uh, deals that are offered specifically to listeners of this show. Now you still can shop the rest of the website just like with, uh, my, uh, with Four Patriots. Uh, you go to Four Patriots and you put the backslash TAPP. You can see the whole freaking site from there, but you're starting on a page set aside for listeners of this show. Uh, that, is a deal that only you guys can take advantage of. Uh, They've got a lot of great deals going on, though. And remember, they're not just selling pillows. They're selling slippers and mattress toppers and sheets and towels and pet beds and hundreds of different things. So, again, you probably should go check it out. Uh, So you just want to go to MyPillow.com. That's fine. Be sure to use promo code TAP at checkout. Uh, get you some of those deals, but you can go straight to mypillow.com backslash T-A-P-P, and that too will work. Okay, now I've spent a lot of time, so let me hit this story, uh, because it's not going to take a lot of time to get it. i uh, just got a report that's coming out that is looking at, well, let me just read you part of the article, and then we'll opine a bit while time allows. Foreigners non-American citizens, have bought 3.4 billion acres of U.S. agricultural land back in 2020. And now they own or lease nearly 2% of the entire U.S. land mass. This is according to federal data, the information this government is making freely available. Quoting here from the U.S. Department of Agriculture and In a report released this month, quote, foreign persons held an interest in over 43.4 million acres of U.S. agriculture land as of December 31st, 2022. This is an increase of over 3.4 million acres from December 31st, 2021. Now the report represents that 3.4% of all privately held agricultural land, and nearly 2% of all land in the United States, period. Interest in U.S. farmland from other countries was once rare, but it skyrocketed in recent years, apparently largely because of foreign-controlled wind energy farms. Foreign holdings in the U.S. agricultural land increased modestly from 2012 through 2017, increasing an average of 0.6 million per year. Since 2017, however, foreign holdings have increased an average of nearly 2.9 million acres annually, ranging from 2.4 million acres to over 3.4 million acres per year. Again, this from the USDA. Citizens of the United Arab Emirates controlled 46,496 acres. Citizens of Venezuela controlled twenty-eight thousand two hundred and eighteen. Saudis eighteen thousand five hundred and eighty six, Egyptians seventeen thousand six hundred and forty-five, firms tied to Iran, over two thousand four hundred and sixty-three acres, Syrians, two thousand. 574 acres. Pakistanis over a 1,000. In fact, 1,677. Cuban investors controlled 848 acres. And even Russians controlled 73 acres. As you notice, they're not looking at probably the most important part, so we'll get there in a second. But one firm... Listing its country as the state of Palestine has possession of 11,381 acres of the state of Palestine. That, to me, says I'm I'm pretty sure that Hamas owns that. But, you know, uh, that is a wild, unsubstantiated uh, claim. So take it with a grain of salt. You can decide for yourself. The annual report comes, of course, days after Congress sent the president a defense bill that at the last minute removed provisions aimed at clamping down on the practice of selling or leasing out U.S. Uh, land to foreign entities. In 2022, a Chinese food manufacturer bought 300 acres of, about 20 minutes from an Air Force base in North Dakota, that just so happens to be, as they put it, quote, the backbone of all U.S. military communications across the globe. The top Democrats and Republicans on the Senate Intelligence Committee both opposed the move, but it still got removed from the bill anyway. South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds introduced an amendment to this year's Defense Funding Act that would block China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea from buying farmland. The Senate passed the amendment 91 to 7. The Republican-controlled House introduced only a milder version of the amendment, yet when the National Defense Authorization Act came out of the Reconciliation Committee, which normally irons out differences between the two chambers' bills, the final text had completely removed not only the Senate amendment, but also the House one requiring the Department of Defense to write a report on the issue. The bill was sent to the president last week, and, of course, this just means that we're going to allow it. Allowing foreign countries including adversaries like China, to buy one of America's most precious resources? Well, it has garnered some uh, bipartisan outrage. It seems that not all of the folks holding office are putting America last. Senator Tom Cotton was outspoken, saying that uh, the country simply can't allow this to continue. Uh, At best, this serves the interest of the companies and the other countries, not America's. At worst, this purchases undermines our security. Now, a lot of folks came out, they said more uh, things, but it's important to know that in 2022, foreign interest added uh, more than half a million acres in Colorado and Alabama and nearly that much in Michigan. A third of the land was owned by Canadian investors, followed by the Netherlands, Italy, and the UK. China held 349,442 acres, which is slightly less than 1%
3: of all
1: other foreign-held acreage. The Chinese government didn't acknowledge directly purchasing any U.S. farmland, but the acreage reflects land whose primary investors are Chinese. So this is a threat, okay? Plain and simple, there's no two ways to cut it. It is dangerous. We would like friendly foreign nations to invest in the United States in ways that further promotes both the interests of their country and still continues to work to promote the interests of the United States. Anything that is one-sided against the United States is a bad deal. Giving up any of our farmland to foreign entities is also a bad deal. If we can produce enough goods that we can export a large enough amount that these folks are going to be able to to be a good trade partner, then that's what we should be doing, not selling or leasing out control of our farmland. And if the reason that they have to do it is because they've embraced this ridiculous uh, green agenda where they're taking up all their farmland and using it instead to build solar farms or wind farms, then that's part of the price that they're paying for their green agenda. And they need to understand that the green agenda is an anti-human agenda. They need to be answerable to their people. They need to face the consequences for these policies so that they can then, under the authority of the people whom they govern, course correct. And there will be a course correction From this green agenda, no matter who you're talking about or where, it's just a question of how long it's going to take. And that's going to happen here in the states as well. But we've got to start by taking care of our resources first and making sure that we as a nation are perfectly happy to engage in trade of goods with friendly nations, with our friends, with our allies and with those We are acquainted with that will at least behave in a friendly fashion. Uh, Everybody else needs to go pound sand. Stop selling off our resources, guys. All right, let's uh, reset the hour. And when we come back, we'll jump uh, headlong into hour number two. Don't go anywhere.
0: Learn to hate the public schools, watch TV making fools, while trial lawyers looted what was left.
1: This is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very happy new year. We wish you the merriest, the
5: merriest, the merriest, yes, the merriest. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest, you cheer. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest, yes the happiest. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest happiest, New Year. May your tree be filled with happiness, happiness and friendliness for all. May your heart be filled with cheerfulness, happiness and cheerfulness for all. We wish you the the happiest, the happiest happiest! Yes, the, the, the happiest! We wish you the merriest the merriest, the
1: merriest! the merriest! The merriest! You'll cheer! And the happiest! New Year! All righties, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us as we now are diving headlong into hour number two of today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Uh, once again, I want to extend everyone, the happiest of holiday greetings, and I hope you'll take this in the spirit in which it's intended. Merry Christmas, everyone. Okay, now, obviously, still lots of things going on. You're going to hear a lot of these uh, stories everywhere, and I'm not going to bother to dig into everything because there's just too much going on. Uh, I would need like a 10-hour program, and nobody's going to listen to me prattle on for 10 hours straight. I can't even get my family to do that. they Start tuning out at about ten minutes in, but you know what I'm saying. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna remind you about our friends over at Four Patriots real quick, and then we're gonna jump into the next topic. Now, by remind you, I'm going to continue to tell you that we know things in life they they get sideways. We we have all kinds of things going on out there in the world, uh, from the potential of bad storms to natural disasters, all the way up to maybe political cause, civil unrest kind of situations. Uh, We've got crime on the rise. We have terrorism looming the largest it has in a long time, thanks to our southern border being wide open with no issues at all uh, being addressed by the current administration. All of this equals the fact that you had better be taking full advantage of every opportunity you have to be prepared for the worst. Now, I'm not telling you, go out there and be scared. Don't be afraid, but be aware. We know these things are going on, but that's the difference that sets us conservatives apart from other folks. We see the truth. We see the reality. We don't panic. We just get ready. We do the things we need to do to be ready. Nobody is better at helping you to be prepared than for Patriots. Uh, If you need water filtration, whether you need lighting uh, that's operated by solar power, whether you need backup electricity, or maybe you're concerned you're going to be stuck without food for the long term, then the best-selling survival food kits with tasty, tasty food that will... Last you 25 years in storage if you need it to, but you don't have to wait that long. You can rotate it out. It's good stuff. They've got you covered. So just visit fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. You want to do that because it lets them know that I sent you, but it also lands you right smack dab on a special page set aside just for listeners of this show. In the process, you get to see the specials of the week. What are this week's deals? And it just so happens to be a great place to land if you're thinking about giving the gift of preparedness to a loved one that's on your holiday shopping list. And it's still a good idea to take full advantage of the sales while they're available, even if you end up giving them the preparedness items after the holidays. Because you know what? Year-round is a great time. To start somebody's path down preparedness. Get the preparedness items that you can use now, but they can save your life later. Go to 4Patriots, that's the number 4, the number 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. Go do it. You'll be sorry if you don't. Uh, that's not a threat. It's just a legitimate uh, set of circumstances. You will genuinely regret it if you don't. <laughs> all right let's get into it uh, we got a strange thing going on in massachusetts it seems like there's a lot of anti-semitism just running wild all over massachusetts I, I would have never expected it in the state of massachusetts i really wouldn't in fact you know when i go up north when i've traveled. Uh, I really enjoy going to parts of uh, Massachusetts in particular, uh, around a particular fishing village. I think I've probably told you guys about it before. Uh, we're talking about the town in which The Perfect Storm, the movie was, uh, based on uh, that uh, the real events occurred. Uh, you can visit there. I, I actually enjoy visiting Salem, especially around Halloween. Uh, they get super touristy then, but they put on a great show. It's great. But I love the people of Massachusetts. I love interacting. You can go hang out with these folks. Uh, I still have yet to, to figure out the politics because they still lean uh, very left. And it's just so shocking to me that these people that are so willing to work so hard, that are just good, decent, salt-of-the-earth people, are still so willing to just say, well, we'll let the government do it. It just doesn't make sense to me because these people are so accustomed to, to standing up and doing stuff on the own. But here we are. So more than 30 synagogues in Massachusetts were targeted with bomb threats, this past Sunday alone. But you see, the, the the timing here is what makes this newsworthy because there were a lot of threats, especially nationwide, in particular in areas that for some reason uh, only really seems to have these ridiculously large numbers if they happen to be fairly firmly controlled by Democrats. Don't know why that that particular coincidence happens to to stand out. I mean, maybe there's a causal effect. Maybe somebody other than some commentator on the radio or running a podcast ought to take a look at it. I'm just throwing it out there because it does seem to be a pattern that, you know, realistically, it's hard to miss. Now, maybe I'm oversimplifying. And that's why we should get some smart people to take a look at it. Just saying. But anyway, this past Sunday was just a few days after Boston rejected millions of dollars in federal anti-terrorism grant money due to the belief that the funding law enforcement could be racist. Now, first and foremost... If the federal government is going to offer up my tax dollars for anything, uh, law enforcement and anti-terrorism, especially given the current situation that we know for a fact, multiple terrorists (laughs) have just walked across our border and have been treated like they're welcome to be here and we're not even going to bother to verify who you are. I I do feel better that if they're going to waste my money, at least they can try wasting it in a program that might end up being, even if it's just accidentally, still might end up being helpful. But here we are in Boston, uh, and uh, they say, no, we're not going to take it. Not because we don't believe there might be a terrorist issue, uh, not because we don't believe in wasting taxpayer dollars at the drop of a hat in any opportunity we get, but because Funding law enforcement, that could be racist. And we can't be racist in Boston. Why? Why would we fund law enforcement?
5: Good grief.
1: Okay, so the city council rejected the grant from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security in a rather contentious uh, 6-6 to vote, with the opposition arguing that giving more funds to law enforcement would, quote, do more harm than good to minority communities, which obviously means they haven't bothered to pay attention because minority communities tend to be the communities that need more policing. They need the more policing because the law-abiding citizens that live in those communities are the ones that are most likely to be targeted by criminals. If you can put more police there as a deterrent, the criminals either have to stop doing crime or they have to go somewhere else to do the crime. Having more police available is intended to work as a deterrent to criminal activity, not designed to be a thumb in the eye to the community. It's like, oh, well, you're just a whole bunch of criminals, uh, minorities, so we're going to put all the police right there because we know... No, it's about protecting those communities because they're the ones that are the most often targeted. They are because they know there's not a lot of cops there. Criminals, especially violent criminals, uh, the robbers and burglars, They tend to have a certain degree of laziness to the mentality. Otherwise, they would take their talents and skills and put it to honest labor and and go earn an honest living. But instead, uh, easier money, I don't have to work, it's hard to do it. In the process, anything you do that makes it a little bit harder works as a deterrent. And if you put enough deterrence in their way, they're going to stop doing the crime, at least in that area. They'll go find some place like Boston, that's afraid that more law enforcement is going to equal harm to the minority communities. Okay, so the grant was intended to fund planning, exercises, training, and other operational needs that will help prevent, respond to, and recover from threats or actual acts of terrorism including chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and explosive incidents. Now, this is according to a letter from the mayor of Boston. Miss, I'm definitely not a racist, even though we're having special parties just for office holders of color, electeds of color, I believe was the wording from the letter, Miss Cheryl Wu. She wrote the letter to the council. Now, again what part of that will do more harm than good to a minority community? You want to be a little better prepared in the event that somebody threatens or actually carries out a chemical attack, a biological attack, a radiological attack, random explosions. You would think Boston in particular would be concerned about explosions considering that a couple of brothers managed to turn the Boston Marathon into an open act of terrorism. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just, you would think it would matter more to these people. That, that's all I'm saying here. The people of Boston certainly deserve better, the people of Massachusetts deserve better. They are better, they're better than that. They're better than the anti-Semitism that's going on. They're better than the bomb threats at all the synagogues. They're certainly more deserving of a group of people that are going to be elected to opposite and actually go do their jobs. Now, I'm going to give a, a small hat tip to the mayor in this case, because she certainly seemed to, at the very least, be making a reasonable case to try to get the taxpayer dollars and spend it. And, you know, most likely in their case, waste it. But she at least understood that this was not a negative to minority communities. So, there's that, I guess. Saturday's bomb threat would be the sort of incident that the Metro Boston Homeland Security Region would use this particular funding to train for. Police responded to the bomb threats, which turned out to be hoaxes. and They swept several synagogues. There were no explosives found, and thank God for that. But could the police have been better prepared, better trained? Yeah, that's the idea of the grants. Now, would it have impacted them enough to make a big difference for these particular calls? No. But the city of Boston certainly proved by refusing this grant money in the name of don't be racist, they proved that they want to be a target for this kind of thing, and hence there we are. The council's the city council's decision ends up depriving several surrounding towns that are within the Metro Boston Homeland Security region. It it deprives them of benefits from the funding, as Boston is the lead city that has the authority to accept the funding. Brookline, one of the towns impacted, had two synagogues threatened directly by an email stating that bombs were inside the buildings and would go, go off in a few hours. This according to a spokesperson for the town's police department, saying, quote, Unfortunately, these incidents have happened at temples from time to time. This is a public information officer, Paul Campbell. Upon learning of this most recent bomb hoax, we sent a message to all of the Jewish institutions advising them of the incident and to at least make them aware and so they could contact us if they needed us. Now, Counselor Michael Flaherty who voted in favor of the anti-terrorism funding, said that the rejection was an embarrassment. Quoting here, nonsensical and embarrassing, where several counselors did not support the mayor's office of emergency management. Now, Flaherty said this according to the Boston Herald, uh, continued, quote, not only did they fail the residents of Boston, they failed eight other cities and towns that were depending on this funding to protect themselves against acts of terrorism. First and foremost, if you're relying on grants from the federal government to do that, you're already in trouble, guys. You need to be taking steps. Now, unfortunately, the biggest thing that probably could help against actual terrorism would be if the federal government would do their job. But in this case, the job isn't to dole out checks, give you free money uh, that's been collected from the entire country. No, the real thing that would help would be, you know, looking at the southern border and saying, yeah, we probably should close that. We could probably maybe help keep the streets uh, in every town in America just a little bit safer if... You know, we were to not let everybody from an adversarial nation just cross the border and pretend like they're just looking for a better life. You know, if we maybe only allowed people to to file for, for some type of protection, if they you know, followed the law and entered through a legal port of entry and requested asylum. Uh, You know, not just, oh, well, I was trying to cross the border here illegally, but you caught me, so now I'm going to ask for asylum because you caught me. That's not the way the law is. I don't know why everybody keeps letting this happen, but the law is clear if you're going to seek asylum. Number one, you're supposed to seek asylum at the first safe place you get to. These people are crossing the entirety of the nation of Mexico, many of them crossing even further than that. And a lot of the people that are coming across the border are making this trek where they're originating from China, from Syria, from Iran. Hello, anybody seeing a pattern here? Adversarial nations. Russians are coming across. Now, again, these may be people that are trying to get away from the places they're from because of how dangerous they are, and they think America will be a more welcoming place. That's fine. But again, if you're seeking asylum legitimately, enter through a legal port and do it the right way. That's not a hard concept. And it's easy enough to do. Why do we want to pretend like anybody that crosses the border is just welcome here? Because they shouldn't be... We should only be welcoming people here that generally are coming here because they want to, at some point down the road, become an American. Not just go through the motions and pretend like it, waiting until they get orders from somebody to, I don't know, blow up the Boston Marathon Part 2. Somebody that's legitimately wants to come here for that better life by virtue of saying, I've seen what the promise is. Of a federated constitutional republic means for liberty and freedom. If that's something I can get behind. I want to be part of that. Please let me start down the path to become an American. Then we got room for you. We don't have room for people that are just trying to sneak across the border to take advantage of welfare programs to get moved ahead of our veterans, to get moved ahead of other citizens in need, and certainly not the ones that are coming over here to mooch off of us until such time that they actually carry out whatever nefarious purpose they were sent here to do in the first place. If you think there aren't terrorists among them waiting to be activated, then you've got your head buried in the sand deeper than any ostrich has ever been able to do. If it wasn't such a family-friendly show, I'd say that you had your head buried somewhere else. That would still be rather accurate, I think. It's absurd. We're looking specifically at Boston. And the reason we look at Boston, because historically, Boston is... One of the cradles of American liberty. Now, when we look at Philadelphia, we look at Boston, these are places where the idea of individual liberty, the idea of independence from England, they, they sprung up. The quintessential American spirit was first born and those flames of American freedom were fanned and cared for and escalated to a wildfire in these places. And to see such a ridiculous set of circumstances going on, it's utterly ridiculous that this level of anti-Semitism that's led to the bomb threats at the synagogues was allowed to expand. But to somehow believe that racism plays a part, any part at all, in fighting terrorism, it's absurd. And, I mean, I can think of a lot harsher language, but I can't think of any better language It's such an absurdity. Oh, no, we can't uh, actually fight terrorism here in the homeland because, you know, racism. Where are you getting that this would be hurtful to minority communities? Well, you're going to focus on certain communities. Are we? Or are we going to focus on threats? Are we going to focus on what we see to be an actual harm that is still perhaps in the potential stage? Or are we going to legitimately just target randos that happen to look different than the officers do? Is that the accusation, that racism is so deeply ingrained in all white America that Law enforcement, regardless of what color the law enforcement officer may be, you just can't help it. It's a white supremacist system that's racist at its core. There's no getting away from it. There's no way that you're going to do any good to the minority communities. Again, even though minority communities need more police, not fewer, because they're the ones that are targeted the most, because ah, I've already said it, so I'm not going to go back and redress it's just nuts. Plain and simple. Massachusetts. Please, you guys. I, You guys are better than that. Stop electing these dimwits. I almost said something rather inappropriate for radio, so i got to keep that in mind since we do get replayed. Over the FM station in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. I love being part of the radio scene there, by the way hope you guys are tuning in and enjoying the show but uh geez, you deserve better and you guys are better than that i i just i, I had such a great time and uh, anyway let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break a little early because i'm gonna try to get two topics in with this next segment uh Don't know that I'm going to get there, but I'm going to try really hard. Uh, So if I break a little early, maybe I'll actually have time to to get there. So you guys don't go anywhere. Before we take that break, though, I'm going to go ahead and remind you about the special holiday deal that's ongoing with Vanish Holsters. Look, right now, you can buy one Vanish Holster at a discounted rate and get a second Vanish Holster at half off that already discounted rate. What do you got to do? You, you got to go visit them on the website. You go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Important to do that. Yes, it lets them know I sent you, but more importantly for you, that's what automatically activates that discount for you. So even if you don't get the second one at half off, you still get that discount. You want to do it because by the time this year is up, these discounts... And prices are going up, so the discount is probably still going to be there to a degree. But right now, you're buying power is at its maximum because the prices will be going up. So take full advantage is what I tell you. Because if you're thinking about getting the best, most comfortable holster out there, uh, you want one for yourself, and then you'd like to have one to give to a family member or a friend, especially as a Christmas gift, perhaps, then you're not going to get a better deal than this. Get one for you, and then get the other one at half off that discounted rate. That is a win-win for you, my friend. I mean, how can you do better? Vanish holster, most comfortable holster, period. You'll forget you're wearing it. That's why they call it the Vanish holster. It lets you carry almost any firearm that you have. Uh, handgun, of course. You get. Uh, you don't have to have a tactical belt. You can carry in multiple positions. You get to also conceal two fully loaded magazines, so you're ready for a quick reload. How do you do better than that? Well, I'll tell you how you do better than that, because they've already got you covered. If you don't love it as much as I think you will, guess what? Hassle-free, easy money-back guarantee, so you can get all your money back with no issue at all if you're not loving it. But, pretty sure you're going to love it uh, just be patient uh, right now there's a little bit of backlog because the orders have been great they're moving fast just get your order in take advantage of the price now get that locked and then just be patient with them because they will get it to you that's that's the upside here it's fantastic again one last time www.vnsh.com backslash T A P P Don't go anywhere, I'll be right back.
6: Hello, I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Ron Edwards American Experience Talk Show and the Edwards Notebook Commentary, wishing you and my good friend Tim Tapp a happy Christmas and a wonderful new year. the Cuban Missile Crisis and Americans' fear of war, President John F. Kennedy shared an inspirational 1961 inaugural address. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Kennedy stated, and I quote, The torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century tempered by war, disciplined by hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed. In the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can only light the world. And so my fellow Americans ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. With a good conscience, our only sure reward with history, the final judge of our deeds, let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. Unquote. I'm
5: Edwards.
6: Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup.
4: So, Boone's Bourbon is a high proof, cash strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon.
6: Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less ascetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the 10 RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, constitutional grounds the coffee you want in your cup
2: when i invented my pillow my passion was to help each and every one of you and 20 years later all of your support is what keeps us going because of you we've been able to create thousands of usa jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever to thank you my employees and i are bringing you a limited edition my pillow the Giza Elegance my pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe cusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty.
1: Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code T-A-P-P or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code T-A-P-P.
6: Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only nineteen ninety eight. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow
2: for only nineteen ninety eight. From all of us here at MyPillow,
7: by the damn win. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I gotta wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense.
2: Yep, I hear you.
4: I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on RedBalloon. And if you're an employer looking for hard-working, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschatz from RedBalloon.org. Check us out today.
7: This is Pastor Carl Noble. Have a very blessed Christmas, always remembering that the greatest gift ever given to us was our Lord who died and rose again so that we might have life both now and forever.
5: The thing is, you don't
1: have to wish for silver and gold. You can go get some by calling the premier conservative gold company. Yeah, we're talking about Harvard Gold Group. I, I love these guys that have already gotten a conversation where we were wishing each other a Merry Christmas, and and they're fantastic people that run the company. But beyond that, forget taking my word for that. Go look. They are Better Business Bureau approved with five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and to sell. They've got a low price guarantee, and they offer up to fifteen thousand dollars in free promotional gold and silver with a qualifying purchase, so call for a free investor's guide today uh you're only hurting yourself if you haven't already checked it out, given the gift of financial security is going to be harder and harder to do, But with the Fed pushing for digital dollars even harder and faster than they have, and now Democrats are starting to pick up that call uh, in uh freaking house. My goodness gracious, boys and girls, you're going to need something that they can't control. So whether you're looking to protect your retirement accounts or just have gold in hand, call Harvard Gold Group right now at 844-977-GOLD, that's 844-977-4653, or give them a quick visit online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Just make sure to mention promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, that qualifies you for an additional $250 of promotional gold or silver with qualifying purchase, of course. But trust me, they're gonna know that I sent you. It's gonna be good for you, and uh, you get more free gold and silver. That that's a good thing. With the financial situation uh, looking right now, and the Fed now talking about uh, lowering rates again starting next year, ay ay ay. Inflation is not gone away yet they're gonna they're gonna set it on fire again boys and girls uh that just means that the, the value of gold and silver are both gonna go up so one more time give them the call that number is eight four four nine seven seven gold eight four four nine seven seven four six five three or online you can visit them at Harvardgoldgroup.com be sure to use promo code TAP TAPP or mention tap or tap into the truth or just you know let them know i sent you that's all you gotta do it's gonna work out for you now let's see if i can get two topics in uh also uh, before i do that do want to remind you again uh, if you want to see the uh, landing page over at mypillow.com lock in the christmas sale prices while you can uh, start out at the page that's set aside just for listeners of the show by going to mypillow.com backslash T-A-P-P. It's going to be well worth your time to do that. Uh, you still can shop the whole freaking page. they got some great uh, deals going on. Uh, just don't forget to use promo code TAP, uh, T-A-P-P, no matter how you uh, to go there, uh, even if you call the number. All right, uh, schools in England should inform parents when a child changes their gender identity. Is that shocking? Is that something that sounds insane? Well, that is part of a statement that a new government guidance was issued this week. So now officially, according to the guidance from the government, schools in England should... They're still not going to require it, but they're going to use the terminology. It should let me tell you something. When it comes to legalese, when you're trying to establish something, let's let's say that you're running a company. Okay, for some of you, this is something you've already done. Uh, you know you're doing good. If you're a listener to this show, uh, there's a greater than likely chance that you've been an entrepreneur at some point, or you've been at least high enough in management of a company that you understand the situation. But if you're younger or if you haven't or if you just accidentally come across this show and you're like, hey, what's that crazy conservative guy doing around Christmas time? Maybe this is a new idea. But when you're trying to write a policy, when you're trying to create a legally binding expectation for your employee, you are often told, especially if your company is inspected by federal entities you're told you're you're mentored you're you're taught to use the word should instead of the word must because it gives you some leeway it means you can look at a situation and say well technically you didn't do what we wanted you to do But we're not going to come down too hard on you for whatever reason. So by using the word should, you're, you're opening a little bit of space. Okay. It means that you may or may not enforce this based on however the heck you're feeling about it at the time. So don't get overly excited when you hear this, but yes, schools in England should inform parents when a child changes their gender identity, according to this new government guidance that was issued this week. Now, the long awaited new guidance uh, was published by the United Kingdom's Department of Education, and it applies to schools in England and has been expected since 2018. Now, I'm getting, I'm looking, it's December 19th, day of the broadcast. Uh, some of you are hearing it rebroadcast on the Vera Networks uh, on the 20th of 2023. 2023, 2018 is when they first started working on putting this guidance together. Uh, uh, 2019, 2020, 2020 one 2022, 2023, that was five years. And then I'll point out that it's almost 2024. I mean, we're a couple of weeks away. We're boogieing right up to Christmas right now. New Year's is a week after that. We are counting. We're counting down a few days left. So it was... Nearly six years that this guidance has been expected. So from 2018 until now, they were supposed to have done this. They finally got the stones. They finally got the cojones. They finally stood up and said, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and do the guidance. And while we're at it, let's not sound like we're totally insane. No, we're still going to allow for the children, the students uh, to change their gender identities, but maybe we should at least include the parents. Yeah, that earth shattering. I know it it almost makes me wish some of these folks would come over here and talk to the Democrats in the United States. Maybe they'd rub off. Maybe at least parental rights in some degree might come into being a reasonable factor. But anyway, quoting from the guidance it says parents should not be excluded from decisions taken by a school or college relating to request for a child to socially transition so a social transition just so we're on the same page let's define terms shall we a social transition can involve a student taking Uh, Using a new name, uh, new pronouns, deciding to dress differently, using the bathrooms or playing on sports teams of the opposite sex. This is what they mean when they talk about social transition. Now, if you want to start dressing differently and acting differently, to a degree you're the one risking whatever could possibly happen as a result socially. So that's on you. I do start having issues when we start talking about the bathrooms and we start talking about sports teams, uh, in particular, due to the, the risk of harm that then exists and the total and complete lack of recognizing the rights of the other students around you to also have a certain amount of privacy, to also be safe in their safe spaces. Now, I'm using their language, the language of the left there, so that the left can better understand. At the end of the day, though, according to every conservative, all you really got to do is use the common sense language of there are bathrooms that are set aside for male and for female, and they do it that way for a reason. There are sports teams that are divided into male and a female, and they do it for a reason. Those reasons are scientific. Those reasons are social. And those reasons also exist due to evolutionary processes and pressures that sometimes cannot even be consciously um, recognized until after they've been acted on. It. Because we're talking about, in many cases here, students that are just entering into puberty. Of course, here in the States, we're talking about people that haven't quite gotten to puberty yet in some cases, but that's not the point. The point is that the expectation on these children to control these impulses when they have barely started learning to socialize in a sexual environment is an unreasonable one to expect until they've had some time to practice the navigation, and then you're suddenly going to say, you know what, I think I'm a girl. I'm going to go in the girl's restroom. Wow, I like being a girl. Maybe I like it a little too much. Uh, I really like the way that girl, no, I can't say that. Not that any of that would happen. I know, it's just ridiculous of me, right? Anyway, I I just, I'm looking at this guidance and When it just says that parents should not be excluded from decisions, that seems like such a no-brainer. What took five years to come out and say that? It doesn't make any sense. The guidance says that there has been a, quote, significant increase in children questioning the way they feel about being a boy or a girl including their physical attributes of sex and the related ways in which they fit into society. Now, you see, that should be a red flag, shouldn't it? I mean, the idea that there's been a significant increase. Now, of course, the left is going to tell us it's because they've created these safe spaces and and they've made it okay to express these things that Obviously, these children that many, many children have always felt that there's not an actual increase in the questioning. It's just an increase in openly questioning. That's the lie they're trying to tell. But whether that's the case or not, it still should be a red flag. That should be your number one point where you stop off you yeah. Pump the brakes a little bit. You take a deep breath. You take that pause and you say, what possible explanations for a significant increase exist? And then, even if you're a lefty and you don't believe that it's the social contagion that it clearly is, but you know, if you don't believe it, you should still be at least intellectually honest enough to admit that. Well, there's a possibility that at least some percentage of that increase may be social contagion, that maybe some percentage and... It doesn't even have to be a high percentage. Remember, we're talking about extremely rare circumstances with an extremely small percentage of the population, and they continue to make this so very, very important, such a big, big deal, that it's so worthy of being expressed loudly, proudly, and and things must be done, accommodations must be made. If it's that important with such small percentages, then I think it's reasonable to use their own logic and say that even if... It's only a small percentage of cases that social contagion could possibly be a determiner. That's enough to take a breath. That's enough to just take a beat, step back, and say, maybe we should take a longer look at the whole thing before we recommend anything. But that's not where we're at. But they do recognize that there's been a significant increase. But the guidance also then says, gender identity ideology is a contested belief. So if if you're going to acknowledge that, then again, you have to acknowledge parents have rights. And if it's the parents that are there, then the schools should get parents involved and encourage the child themselves to talk to their parents, except in the exceptionally rare cases where involving parents would put the child at significant risk of harm. Now, that seems like a reasonable situation, but again, I want to know how it is the school is supposed to make that determination. Are they already suspect of child abuse? Do they already believe that the parents involved may be dangerous to the child? Because if that's the case, much like here in the States, then they should have probably already taken some level of action to protect the child. Otherwise, they should have no reason to believe that the child is, quote, at significant risk of harm by virtue of putting on a dress I think in most cases uh, that harm is going to be stretched out because this is what they do here in the States. They're going to stretch that harm out to be if you do not affirm their identity. You're causing them significant harm, even though it's only psychological, even though you're really only just hurting their feelings. I I would still contest that the feelings are only being hurt because you weenies um, have been encouraging this behavior in the first place to make them think that it's okay, that it's normal. It's not. It's not. It's definitely not normal for there to be any questioning of the sexual identity of a student before they've even entered puberty. It's not normal to be questioning that entity Identity until they're into puberty and struggling that ever-so-troublesome part of everyone's life, adolescence. Because that's where we're trying the hardest to figure it out, and the reason it's the hardest is because that's when the hormones are kicking in, and that's when all the real confusion and awkwardness kick in, and it is one heck of a ride, and very rarely is it a smooth one for anyone anyone does have a smooth one, then congratulations, you just did something that's way more rare than winning the lottery, so good for you. The guidance also suggests that when a school does decide to accommodate a student who wants to socially transition, that the school should take a, quote, cautious approach, notifying parents and allowing a period of watchful waiting before cooperating. So basically, this guidance says the school can do stuff, they can play along, they can do whatever, but they really, really just shouldn't keep the parents out of it. Now, it goes into more. uh, Children should use the bathrooms, showers, and locker rooms of their biological sex. Uh, According to this guidance, if a child is distressed by this, they may use a separate facility that does not belong to the opposite sex. Sports should be separated by biological sex when physical differences threaten the safety of the children. Now, we see this kind of thing going on even here in the States during youth sports. At a certain point, girls and boys are allowed to play together because physically there's not a significant enough difference that you can expect harm to come from them playing together. But by the time you get to just pre-adolescence, that separation really does need to start taking place because it's at that point that the physical strength of the male students starts to outpace the physical strength of the females. The difference in the center of gravity, even just the simple layout of ligaments and tendons across the knee uh, between men and women, things that can't be changed by changing how you dress or by mutilating your body uh <laughs> either surgically or by engaging in uh, chemical castration. These things start manifesting. Basically, this feels like and sounds like common sense. So, despite the fact that throughout Europe, the United Kingdom in particular, and other European countries have kind of been pumping the brakes on uh, the transgender social transitioning and certainly in medical interventions, we really do need to see the same thing happening here in the States. So congratulations, I guess, on moving forward with common sense has kind of become rare. Okay, I really don't have much time left for this last section, but I do need to at least mention it. So, here we go. When I first saw this, my first reaction was, (laughs) we'll see. Obviously, I'm talking about the fact that a federal judge has ordered that documents containing the names of some of the associates of the deceased financier and pedophile who didn't hang himself, Jeffrey Epstein, should be released in 2024. Federal judge actually Ordered that it should be, that it will be. <clears throat> now, the documents to be released come from a 2017 civil trial that was brought by Virginia Gelfie. I'm maybe butchering Virginia's last name, and if so, I apologize. Basically, Virginia said that uh, Miss Maxwell, former first lieutenant of uh, Jeffrey Epstein, facilitated Epstein's sex trafficking of her. The names of roughly 150 associates are expected to be revealed, although New York Judge uh, Loretta Priestra has given the individual 14 days to object to the release of their names. Now, I'm thinking you can object to that all you want. But if you're already part of official court documents and you're on the record, if the court knows who you are and you were legitimately part of this, you should not be exempt from the public finding out, especially if you happen to be someone of authority or power in your community. Quoting here, the courts stay... The court stays its order for 14 days to permit any impacted Doe, as in John Doe, the opportunity to appeal, after which counsel are asked to confer, prepare the documents for unsealing pursuant to this order, and post the documents on the docket. Now, the judge in this case listed multiple reasons to unseal the documents, including the fact that several individuals whose names have been kept hidden previously gave interviews to the media. Several individuals have not objected to the release of their names, according to the order from the judge. So the well-connected Epstein died in a Manhattan prison cell back in August of 2019 awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking charges. Maxwell's currently serving a 20-year prison sentence after being convicted of sex-trafficking children. Uh, The decision to release the documents brought on celebration from some of the uh, speculation by others. So here we are. The names of over 170 of Jeffrey Epstein's high-profile associates are to be released. We'll see what happens. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee said that accountability is coming. We'll see. I would like to think that, yes, yes, it will be. But we'll see. That's going to have to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for being here, as always. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap into the Truth, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a very happy new year.
7: Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.